Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but they can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend time catching up. We share something we've loved recently, whether it's a book, a TV show, a podcast, or something else entirely. And then we go on to discuss the topic that we think is really relevant to the things that are going on right now. Things that are relevant to kind of the millennial mindset, the things that we're all worrying about, but aren't necessarily having the conversations about. If you enjoy the episode, then as always, we're going to ask you to hit subscribe so that every Wednesday, a brand new episode lands in your subscription box. And please don't forget to give us a five star rating and leave us a little review because it means the world to us, but also really helps us get the podcast out there. How are you after your epic drive back from Zagreb? Oh, God, it has been an eventful, I guess, 72 hours I don't even know what started off as a quick weekend away to well actually we went to pick up this is a side story which I thought was going to be the most interesting thing that happened this weekend and it wasn't <laughs> and obviously we had we went to pick up Taylor's passport because he got a new passport and you know how if you go to an embassy you're in the the country of the embassy when you're in the grounds yeah so it's basically we were in the US essentially and it was like this what's well, the most strict anything has been in the whole time we've been in Croatia. The point where I wasn't allowed to sit and wait in the, so Taylor wasn't allowed to take in electronics. He had to leave his phone and everything in the car. I didn't know how long he was going to be. So I was like, I'm just going to sit in the car and do some work on my laptop. Guard comes over and he's like, you can't sit in the car and use your electronic devices. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just put my devices away. And he was like, no, you can't stay in the car park. Oh. And and stay in the car. So I had to stand in the cold outside the car and wait to <laughs> Which was uh detaining in itself. But then we got snowed into Zagreb and ended up spending two extra nights there because the, the mountain pass to the coast was closed. So um it was a lot of snow. It was quite stressful, but I am home now. As someone who has been snowed in in the past couple of months as well, what's like what seriously, global warming is wild. Um it's really stressful when you're like mine is not as bad as yours obviously but that moment when you're like crap this actually isn't safe to be driving in anymore I think that's like one yeah. of the most scared I've ever been yeah the the driving terrifies and you're like, me because it changes so quickly like it's not mm-hmm. a case of like oh that was stupid going out in the snow like for me anyway it changed so quickly that I was like whoa like had I have known I would have made very different decisions yeah. And we got sent on this ridiculously long detour. And by the time we got back to the main road, they they were like, oh, all of the roads are closed now because there's there's too much snow. And the crazy thing is, it's a legal requirement to have winter tires and snow chains in Croatia. There were not people on those roads with the necessary winter equipment. And that's like, wild. Why, like, why would you come out? Why would you come out in it? Like, it, it's... Especially if especially if it's so normal to have that stuff. Did you have to put snow chains on? I have no idea how snow chains work, by the way. No, so we didn't. You should only put them on if the snow is like deep enough. But like, because the snow was being ploughed fairly regularly and once we got back on the motorway, it wasn't deep enough to have to put them on, thankfully. But some people were getting stuck and had to put them on. Um, but we've got all-wheel drive as well, which is a whole other thing, which helps anyway. But um, yeah, and you have to carry a shovel. Also, legal. Yes, I did know this because when I got snowed in at my dad's, you asked me why I didn't have a shovel with me. And I was like, why would I? I was just curious if you had one, but then I forgot that it's not, I guess it's, yeah, it's not normal to carry one. 
Well, it's not it's not a thing in the UK, but also we don't have a garden. So, like, if I owned a shovel, it would just be really weird. <laughs> so, yeah. It Although, is... maybe we should all have them in our cars. Yeah. It's a folding one. It's really cool. It's super compact. Hmm. Okay, send me an Amazon link. Okay. Anyway, this is after that. Yeah, riveting this is, conversation. This is next level riveting. Although I'm just thinking, what have I done in the past week? I don't even remember the past week. It's both blown by, blown by. Oh my gosh. It's both flown by. And also I can't even like remember what happened. But it is March today as this is going live. March tomorrow as we're recording. I'm so blimmin' excited. Spring. Like spring is almost spring. sprung. I'm so excited as well that next week I get to see you in person. Very, very exciting. And you're going to arrive and it's going to be light at 6pm when you're here. Not the day I arrive. Yeah. Well, not when you arrive, it won't be light because you're arriving late at night. But like the next day. (laughs) I was just checking we're on the same page with my flight time there. I'm going to be at Heathrow Airport at 3pm to pick you up. (laughs) Just so eager to see me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just waiting there. Hello. No, I'm still traumatized from last time I was at Heathrow um depart uh, arrivals gate. So I have said that to Alex I will... for the funeral when I got back from New York. Oh yes. Oh god. I don't think yes. I've told this story on the podcast and it was like very long story short. It was just an extremely traumatic situation. I didn't realise I had COVID. I was extremely jet lagged. I was running late to a funeral. I couldn't find Alex in a car park. I basically just had a breakdown in the arrivals like car park area of Heathrow Terminal 3. And all these people were just walking past me and just staring at me like, what is wrong with this woman? And no one asked if I was okay, which retrospectively is a good thing because obviously like I had COVID, but they didn't know this. I mean, that was a great summary of that story. It, like, <laughs> I literally like if I have to name my like five like low points in life, that would probably feature on it because it was just like, I mean, I sound like I'm laughing. I am somewhat laughing because I have a dark sense of humor and I can look back at these things and see the funny side. But like, it was just, it was just like what the hell to that crash back to reality from living my best life in new york going to the bougie rooftop bars and wandering around Saks fifth avenue like i'm some sort of millionaire <laughs> that <laughs> was just like we keep ourselves grounded people yeah nothing like coming back to earth with a bump like there's bumps and then there's that <laughs> anyway what's your recommendation for the week Oh God! Well, I feel like I'm continuing with the maybe slightly, as I say, dark. You know, darker theme there. But my recommendation is a book that I actually finished yesterday. Um, so what else are you going to do when you're snowed in? And it's called Notes on an Execution. It's by Dania Kafka. And oh my God, it is probably it's probably one of my favorite books that I've ever read. Because it really, it combines like a fictional kind of crime story, but also with a really interesting social commentary as well that you probably don't fully realise until the end of the book. I feel like it's especially poignant if you are 
in the US or if you have an interest in like um, the justice, like social justice system as well. Each chapter counts down the last 12 hours of Ansel Packer's life before he's executed in the US for murder. And each so each chapter alternates an hour of his life and then also the other cha- the other chapters in between kind of deconstruct his life but told through the eyes of the women who were in his life so his family his school friends his partner his the victims that he murdered and it is so moving and so captivating and it's really interesting how like good and evil is portrayed mm-hmm. But also, as you get towards the end of the book, and obviously the time is coming closer where he's he's going to be executed, you realise that it's also a really interesting kind of commentary on the US justice system. And you've got like the victim's family and the serial killer themselves, like both asking questions, like, does this justice system really do justice? Um, So if you're... I don't know. If you're looking for a kind of crime thriller, but with a lot more like substance and really interesting angle, I absolutely recommend it. It is quite gruesome in some places, but also like feels quite ordinary as well. I guess it's like the contrast between the shock and the ordinary that's, I don't know. I just thought it was incredibly well written. Um, really interesting concept as well. Definitely recommend. I think it came out last year. Um, Sounds really interesting because it does blow my mind somewhat that the death penalty still exists mm. in and anywhere but particularly in the US um and I remember studying it in school briefly in the conversation around the eighth I think it's the eighth amendment about cruel and unusual punishment mm-hmm. and how does that not exclude the death penalty and that's something that's always really stuck in my mind yeah and I guess that's the thing like it's it, that's a really shocking summary but at the same time you're like it's it is ordinary people because this can happen yeah and the way that that permeates through society but their family members as well because you think if the death penalty worked then surely that would have been such a deterrent knowing that existed that he never would have committed those murders mm-hmm. so it isn't as straightforward as that and yeah. that's where I think the interesting, like, it fascinates me. So I'm like, I don't, I don't understand the logic of why it exists. So I'm almost curious to try to understand it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's very clear, like, where the audience, so, but not the audience, the author, rather, um, stands on it. But also, like, kind of commenting on how, because it takes so long as well for someone to actually, like, the, people stay on death row for years and then the family yeah. can go and watch or like the, the victim's family. So then how is that like, there's no catharsis in that, I don't think. Like they just have to relive it again. And like, I don't know, it is, it is, yeah, it's a baffling system to me, to be honest. But this book mm-hmm. kind of communicates it really well and lets you, you don't feel like you're forced to think a certain thing, but it does kind of lay bare the the problems with the system. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, I feel like it'd be quite heavy, but I will add it to the list because I think it'd be a really interesting one to read. Yeah, surprisingly, I like I read it quite quickly. I didn't feel like it was like the story was captivating enough that it also it wasn't like reading a nonfiction like study mm. or anything like that. Anyway, yeah. what's your recommendation this week? Before I share my recommendation, I want to re-recommend 
recommend the Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. Excellent. Right. 10 out of 10. I mean, I could do a whole podcast episode talking about that, to be perfectly honest. Um, mm-hmm. It blew my mind that 20 something years later, we're still having to have essentially the same conversations about a person's right to privacy mm-hmm. and that society doesn't own a person's body, but particularly a woman's body. And we're yeah. still debating like the context of nudity that blows my mind. Really interesting to hear as well how it like destroyed her career. I hadn't realized, like, I don't yeah. know if it's whether we were younger or because we were in the UK or what, but I always thought it made her career. Like, that was how I had understood my very little understanding of it was that it had made her career. So to actually hear how it destroyed her career was mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, I think I thought the same. It was probably like I wasn't quite old enough to appreciate what her career had already been until that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is I'm mean, shocking, like the points that it makes about women's bodies and society, mm-hmm. but also such a fantastic documentary. Absolutely fantastic. And I thought the part where she's talking about being in love and the relationship she has with the father of her children was really interesting. And mm-hmm. I saw a snippet of the Drew Barrymore show where her and Drew were having that exact conversation about being happy, being alone, because they they can't really like expect to have the level of love they ever had with the father of their children because he's the father of their children. Yeah. And I I hadn't heard that before. And I just thought that's really interesting. Yeah. And I do think it's one of those things you probably can't fully get your head around unless you found yourself in that situation. Because for me, I'd be like, oh, well, if if you're not together anymore, then that's, I feel like that's a very definite line. But it's not a definite line if you have offspring together, is it? Like you're permanently linked in some way. I think she did a brilliant job as well of holding um, Tommy to account, but not just bad mouthing him for an yeah. hour and a half Not like just really blaming. understanding yeah. that even though he's a really troubled and troubling human being he is still the father of her children and so she's not going to sit there and just bitch about him and I just really respected that yeah I mean it seems like it comes from a place of more like again she's putting her children first as well like this does if I mm. talk about this this it not just impacts her but it impacts her children and their all of their relationships with their father completely like having that awareness and that understanding yeah just 100 percent. if you've not watched already go and watch it it was brilliant but my actual recommendation is a set of playlists which i realize i think is two weeks in a row i've recommended playlists on spotify but these are a very different vibe to last week's um so this came up on my tiktok again there is a theme here But it's a marketing kind of network platform type thing called Social and Staple. And they do a lot of brand marketing and things like that. But they shared a list of playlists. And the the TikTok was something like the only playlists you'll ever need. There are, I think there's about 18 playlists. And each one is like a different vibe. So it's like for the lovers, back to work, party season. Millennial, me- millennial millennial memoirs sweat it out logging on out of office summertime like the whole thing is very aesthetic 
and the images that go alongside it is very aesthetic. So like then your lock screen looks good and all of that. But the actual playlist is so good. And I love that someone has created these playlists that's like really taps into like the mental space you want to be in. Mm-hmm. So like the summertime one is like a woman on a beach and there's a beautiful flower and you can see it and you're like, that's how I want to feel. And I've not really seen someone do something like this before. I just thought it was a really cool idea. The playlists are all a couple of hours long. So perfect for popping on, doing some work. Um, They're like, a lot of it, I think all of them are songs with words. So if you find that distracting, it might not be the one for you, but they're not pop songs. They're not really popular songs that you're going to sit and sing along to. It's kind of quite nice background, lo-fi vibes. Love that. I mean, this is from someone who does not listen to that much music, but I do feel like barrier for entry. God, what a knobby thing to say. But my, one of my barriers to entry is I don't, I just can't be asked to spend the time finding music or like finding the vibe that I want. Yeah. So for someone to just lay it out for me like that is, uh, that's what I want to hear. I really laugh that you just said barrier for entry because you know why you've just said that. Why? Because I said a barrier for entry for me using dating apps if I was single would be the fact uh, that the thing someone writing their own dating profile gives me the ick <laughs> oh my, although like I, I do... literally I don't know if anyone else gets that like the thought of I mean I'm not single I don't use dating apps obviously but like the thought of knowing that someone has sat there and tried to craft this dating profile it just it, I can't explain like the level of ick it gives me like I think that's what the ick oh. is though that you know it's so crafted I think that's the thing like it's it's not it's not like an authentic way of meeting someone someone's probably spent like hours putting it together like in the game yeah I look hot in that photo but not so hot that I look unattainable oh yeah that'll make me seem interesting and unique <laughs> let's get in there that I like the office don't get me wrong I love the office but like I can't it makes me cringe oh Anyway, <laughs> to, uh, to loop back to, though, after we've recorded, I did listen to your recommendation last week, the the treadmill one, when I went to the gym the next did day. Um, yeah, and I had a, like I had a, like a breakdown, had a panic attack on the treadmill. Oh, God. Are you OK? You know, what sometimes, happened? Sometimes it just gets a bit much for you. And I'm like, oh, God, guess I'm failing at everything. I just walked off the treadmill and went to the changing room. Taylor was like, Taylor text me are you okay I'm like yeah I'm just having a breakdown I'm back in the set. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I just shouldn't listen to music and I was listening to such a vibing one I was listening to like the badass what something one like it was a vibe I don't know what happened <laughs> can't be trusted with oh music <laughs> don't listen to music anymore I'm banning you <laughs> are you okay though in all seriousness yeah yeah 10 out of 10 I do get that though sometimes in the gym I will feel like I'm gonna have a panic attack and I but I might get really overwhelmed I think it's probably the adrenaline pumping and like if I'm on the verge and then I'm playing music and I'm like go go and I'm not hitting what I want to hit and I'm like you're an awful person I do get where that comes from I mean I was also on my period as well so there's a lot of factors at play here oh well then that's it I told my boss he shouldn't have hired me last week, so. Oh, we're all, we're all really uh, a top-notch job at self-sabotaging this that, week, can't we? That actually didn't have anything to do with my period. That was just me, like, having a breakdown and be like, I'm really sorry, you shouldn't have hired me. 
don't tell your boss that they shouldn't have hired you I cannot express that enough (laughs) I really feel like like this is deteriorated I feel like this is like unhinged growth in progress unhinged (laughs) or extremely relatable it's one or the other almost everyone listening I've come up so in the past week, I've come up with like three or four different podcasts. This is my latest podcast. It's just hopped into my brain. I can't create this podcast and neither can you for obvious reasons. But can someone please create a podcast called Unhinged? And it's just people sharing their awful hinge date stories. Like not awful where it's like your soul's destroyed and they're like a murderer. I'm talking like you find out they voted Brexit and like they share their bed with their mum when they go home because they get nightmares otherwise or something like that like just awkward stressful ick stuff I would love to listen to that and I think unhinged would be a great title for it you know what as soon as you said unhinged I was like that's such a good podcast name yeah (laughs) there we go (laughs) someone can sort that out I don't I don't have the time to take on another podcast and also I don't want to break up with Alex for the purposes of research of this podcast if someone else could do that that'd be great and also you've already told us you've got an ick for dating profile so you obviously can't be the researcher in this situation I couldn't I couldn't even set up a dating profile like I can't explain to you the feeling of everything inside my body curling up right now at the thought of having to write a dating profile if Alex and I were to break up I think I would just have to be single forever to get a couple of cats maybe a dog survive i think it'd be quite a cool vibe but anyway it does sound like we've had complete breakdowns but shall we move on to the topic for this week which actually is like not this kind of unhinged breakdown vibe at all no hopefully this topic makes us sound actually much more together than we apparently are um no, it's but the illusion i actually said this is so the other one of fellow bridesmaids who we are bridesmaids with for an upcoming wedding for a friend um she kept saying who like oh you're so put together you're so like classy you've like got your shit together all of this is lucy and um i texted that they've been like just in case you're under any illusion that i have my shit together please know that i just got back from the gym i stank i got into the shower i washed my hair i did not wash my body (laughs) and i got out of the shower dried off and realised I had not actually washed. I don't think you told her that. And how many times have you met her? Like three? Two? I've met her in person once in my life. We've had a couple oh. of Zoom calls. I just feel like some people, you know the vibe. And I was like, mm, you're on the same wavelength as me. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible I overshare. <laughs> Fine, we're here for it. Anyway, this week's topic. I think it's very important if people have got this far that they probably are open-minded people. And that is what we want to discuss this week because we talk a lot about um, taking opportunities as they come and focusing more on where we want to be rather than how we get there. But a key part of that is being open-minded and cultivating like a culture within yourself and a habit of being open-minded. We're both big believers in the fact that like if you're if you're not too precious about how you get somewhere and you're focused more on the destination, you will enjoy the journey more and you never know what's going to come next. Like we always use the example that our jobs didn't exist when we were at school. So how could we possibly want what we do now? Um, And in part, we've kind of got to where we are because we have been open-minded and 
it's something that's quite difficult to do I think like everything we're taught means that we don't Mm. want to be open-minded naturally but I think it's a really powerful thing to do yeah I think it's interesting what you said about like what we've been taught because I do feel like it's we all have an idea of how our lives should go and the path that we are supposed to follow and kind of what society prescribes for you based on like putting quotation marks like normal life progression but like you said about uh our jobs our careers the opportunities that have come up if you're not open to other opportunities you might never see those alternative paths that come up for you and I think Mm. if you have a super strict idea of what you should be doing in your mind you can end up kind of following it blindly and being quite blinkered and because you're only looking for what you think the next step should be rather than what the other opportunities might be around you like you said like the journey doesn't always look how you expect but that doesn't mean it's going to be worse than what you expect there could be actually be amazing opportunities along the way yeah and I think when you're open-minded you show up from a place of wanting to learn like Mm -hmm. you're keen to develop and try new things and like you it's easier to be open to opportunity when you're also open just to learning on a daily basis like you're open to asking the question and maybe getting the wrong answer or admitting you don't know something like that's like a powerful place to be in like it's a very empowering place to be in because you're walking into a situation like I'm not the smartest person in the room but I'm willing to learn and I think that goes hand in hand with being open-minded and it's important at all ages like I don't think there's ever a point where you should be completely stagnant and set in your views um and there's it's important to understand what you like and what works for you and like what you're going to give your energy to but I think that's different to being like close-minded but particularly when you're younger when you're earlier in your career when you're figuring out who you are I think being open-minded is like the most powerful thing you can be like it's only ever going to open doors yeah I I I do feel like being open-minded really plays into a lot of other areas of life like it really helps with developing resilience having a more optimistic mindset kind of that openness to learning new things that you're talking about and even I think it makes you a more well-rounded and tolerant person it doesn't mean that you kind of can't challenge things or can't question things I mean, it is exactly that your ability to question things and hear other opinions even if you don't agree with them mm-hmm. I think all of that kind of plays into the open-mindedness aspect and I, I really do think that it makes you a more say a more positive person but I do think it, it becomes easier to have a more kind of positive outlook to life generally because you're looking for opportunities and like experiences and ways that you can grow rather than kind of looking for the next thing that's going to take you down I feel like the opposite is almost having like a victim mindset like life happens to me rather than me seizing the opportunities that come my way completely agree and we all know that we have no time for victim mindsets like it's not that is not a place of growth and I think one of the greatest things to come out of TikTok in the past couple of years is the whole like lucky girl or lucky woman because we aren't children but you know lucky girl syndrome trend of like believing delusionally that you are the luckiest person alive and really cultivating that manifesting positive high vibe mindset I know it's the sort of thing that gets looked down on a bit as a bit trivial and silly and like 
almost a little bit vapid, but I actually think at its core, there's some really important things there. And part Uh of it is the idea that the universe never says no. It says, not yet. I've got, yes, it says yes, not yet, or I've got something better in store. And it's that mindset shift, right? That mindset in itself is so open to different routes. The idea that it could be that you, if something doesn't go your way, it's that it's opening up the chance for something better to come instead. Yeah. And for all of like the criticism of social media, that is a trend that I actually think is really beneficial and is great for us all to kind of take on board because you're right, the po- the positive mindset and being open to opportunities go hand in hand. You almost need one to elevate the other, but like you can only be so positive if you're not open to any new opportunities, any new ways of thinking, any new approaches, your positivity is going to hit a ceiling. Equally, if you're open to new opportunities, but you've constantly got that negative mindset of like, oh yeah, I'm open to opportunities, but actually you're not because you've got a lot of limiting self-beliefs or you don't think you're actually worthy of them or you never actually then put the action in to take the opportunity. You're not truly being open-minded. You're not embracing that positivity. So I have two things to that. One is I absolutely agree. And I do think that that aspect of TikTok and social media, and yeah, people look down on it, but think particularly as women we've we are constantly told that we need to fight for our place in the like in our career we need to fight for our position at the table at work we need to fight for our position in like for financial independence like all of these things we're constantly constantly told we need to fight for it I think having that mindset more like abundance mindset is so so powerful and kind of a way that women can take back control of that sort of narrative where women have to fight for everything because that's how it is but then the other side of that as well is I think open like that kind of open-mindedness part it go also goes hand in hand with kind of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it it means you don't always know what the opportunity is going to be around the corner it might be that things have change beyond your control and you didn't expect and that can make you feel really scared but it could actually lead to something great or it could be finding that your beliefs or your opinions are being challenged and you're kind of questioning where your beliefs came from in the first place I I think there's there's a lot of like work to be done there in terms of getting comfortable with that uncertainty and realizing that it's not a bad thing it's just something that you sometimes need to sit with I keep thinking about the word fight and how you used it there. I think that's really interesting of like, we have to fight for everything and do do we have to fight for it? Or does the lucky girl abundant mindset allow us to work for it and trust that it will come? But this is what I mean, why I think it's good because we're always told we have to fight for things as a woman. And this gives us a different narrative. Yeah. Cause with fight almost comes that, fear of loss like you've got to fight for it because it's not yours to own mm. whereas that mindset and being open to that sort of approach allows you to go I'm gonna work really really hard you still have to put the work in you still have to show up but mm. there's an element of trust whereas to me when I think I have to fight for something there's an element of risk yeah that's quite interesting mm-hmm. I think that's why and it's also, so powerful it... as like a movement mm. I'm interested as well about whether that is just like a really whitewashed concept as well like 
I'm thinking of my own algorithm. I only ever see women who look like me talk about this. And it's something that I think it's very easy for us to sit here as white women and go, yeah, you've got to be really open minded. <laughs> Cause like we almost don't have a lot of like we don't need people to be open minded about us in the same way. Does that make sense? I'm thinking like marginalized yeah. groups in society need other people to be open minded for them to be accepted or even invited into the room. We don't need that. I think, I think the self that... the, the awareness of that is what's so important because yeah you might think that you're like the most liberal and open-minded person like the in a room but you still have a set of beliefs that have led you to that point to thinking mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and I think having an awareness of how those beliefs were built in the first place or like what influences you whether it is the algorithm whether it's your family whether it's your work colleagues or like your place of work not being very diverse like there's a lot of different things that can culminate in how you perceive yourself as being open-minded when perhaps you're not as much as you think. Yeah, are we actually showing up in our actions of being open-minded as much as we're saying we're open-minded? Because it's very easy to say, yeah, I'm open-minded when you're not being challenged. Mm -hmm. And I think even the most liberal person, when they're challenged on their views, often if you are if you operate in the more like liberal sphere of mindsets in terms of like where you would vote on a political spectrum or on social issues, et cetera, it's very easy. The narrative can very easily become, well, of course I'm right. And you yeah. almost don't have to develop the like rigor of your argument in the same way. And I do think part of being open-minded is sometimes having conversations with people who do think differently. I'm not saying you have to go argue with every racist uncle at the dinner table every week, but it's understanding the other side of something so it betters your own outlook. And I think that's a really important part of being open-minded. It's not just being open-minded to more liberal views. It's being open-minded that people are different and you've got to understand that in order to empower your own mindset. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about, I, I don't think there's black and white, like open-minded and closed-minded. No. I almost feel like on a scale, the open-minded end is like constantly growing. That It's like an infinite line, if you want to imagine a line, because there's no, oh, I've reached open-mindedness and now I've, like, I've completed it. So you don't ever yeah. complete being open-minded, whether that's like from a personal development perspective, whether that is opportunities throughout your life whether it is on like social cultural issues I think there's always more to learn but there's also always more I guess to open yourself up to in terms of not just opportunities that benefit you but opportunities to grow and support other people and hear other opinions mm -hmm. and that I guess it goes back to like the learning opportunity as well yeah I think especially as society changes more rapidly now than it ever has done like technology allows it to move more quickly and so it's even more important to constantly assess like are you actually being open-minded does this view you held two three years ago still hold up today and almost view open-mindedness like not as a spectrum of closed to open but almost like a funnel of like a closed-minded being like the narrowest part and open mm. just being as wide as possible and you yeah. can just work your way up that funnel but there's no like top to it like you said like there's not 
there's not an end game. It's or like the end game is almost cultivating it as a habit that you then maintain. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep like flexing and challenging it and using it, not just, yeah, I've reached that destination, tick that one off the list, move on. Yeah, it's like, I guess it's like when you think of allyship, it's not just performative. It's not just going, oh, I've whacked my pronouns into my email signature and I'm done now. It's like, Mm -hmm. but what does that mean? Like, what are the internalized beliefs I have of like whether or not like I should be doing that or how do I support the community and all of those other elements that play into it? It's not just performative open-mindedness. It's actually like active allyship. Yeah, how you're showing up, which again, like this is for you in your own journey in terms of looking mm-hmm. at other opportunities and other things that might come your way and also how you're showing up for the people around you who maybe don't have the voice that you do as well. Oh yeah, totally. It's how you shop for yourself as well. Like it's not just saying, I don't know, I want a promotion, but seeking out that promotion and applying for it and ticking the boxes to make sure that you're eligible for it. Like there's there's that level of showing up as well. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. It's been a bit helpful. I feel like we've we've ended this episode on a note of having our shit a little bit more together. Um, <laughs> but hopefully you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, please hit subscribe. I'm going to ask again because I'm forgetful. Um, and I bet I'm not the only one. Just scroll now and hit subscribe. And then next Wednesday, we'll be in your inbox again. Um, but we hope you have a wonderful week and that you enjoy the start of March because that, to me at least, means spring is on its way, finally. Um, it's so exciting. And in the meantime, we hope you have a fantastic week and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.